The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Now, moving on to something quite different. We all remember during COVID when the whole mass debate was going on, there was a lot of talk about whether young infants and young children would properly develop socially um, because they were in lockdown period and weren't mixing with children of their own age and older and younger as well. Um, we really wanted to find out. And there was a big, I think, a very highly charged debate about what the effect that was going to be, that particular period on children's education. But there's actually also a wider debate more generally about well, how prepared should young children when they first enter the education system be? And according to the latest children's school live studies, junior infants are, would you believe this, over-prepared in numeracy and literacy, but somewhat underprepared or less emphasised in play-based learning for their social and emotional development. I think that's quite extraordinary when I first heard about it. Over-prepared in numeracy and literacy, but not quite the same way in play-based learning. Now, to discuss this, I'm joined by Clara Maria Farantini. She's a lecturer in Initial Teacher Education, Literacy and Early Childhood Education in Marino Institute. She's also undertaking a PhD uh, research piece of research in early literacy development and transitions into the former literacy learning system. You're very welcome to the uh, hard shoulder, Clara. How are you? Hi, Emmett. Thank you very much. Now, Thank everyone you. is endlessly fascinated by this because there was all sorts of very dramatic warnings that during the two years of lockdown or periodic lockdown, should I say, to be accurate, you know, children's early development would be stunted, would be not, not, I suppose, need readjusting later in life and sort of the whole thing about having a gap and so on. Now, I know you're not only dealing with COVID and far from it, but you are finding in this study that you are familiar with is that junior infants are overprepared in numeracy and literacy. That's good. But there are other things where they're falling down. Just to explain for our listeners where the problems are. Yeah, well, it's interesting to think about there, just even in terms of the overprepared, uh, it might be a, a premature rush to certain areas of literacy and numeracy, things that, you know, can be easily measured, maybe like phonics, children's alphabetic knowledge, their counting, their number writing, their letter formation and so on. But often, uh, you know, there's tendencies to rush to those things because you can have worksheets, you can have tangible, measurable things. But the rush to those types of things, while it might look like children are overprepared in that regard, we're sacrificing other things like their language development, which actually they need for everything else. They need language to navigate the transition to primary school. They need na- uh, language to develop their little relationships. And if we think about the pandemic period, the thing that children missed out the most on was interactions, whether it was the interactions at home, you know, parents were juggling a lot, preschools were closed, crashes were closed, primary schools were closed, and those interactions were limited. And we're going to see, you know, the knock-on effects of this for quite a while to come. Um, But we have a very different primary school system to what we had maybe 10, 15 years ago. Playful learning is now a big, big part of that. Um, But it's really important that we're all embracing that and appreciating that the contemporary classroom is somewhere that's active, it's playful. It doesn't necessarily look like all day sitting around little desks with worksheets. But that doesn't mean that the children aren't learning. Um, In fact, literacy and numeracy is is ongoing more than ever through those types. uh, Yeah, um, we we very much have to handle this conversation carefully because we don't yeah. want every we don't want every parent who's currently driving a car or sitting on the train or bus going, what? Oh my God! There's good numeracy and literacy skills, but my my child is a disaster at play. You know, so it, it, you know we need to retain a, a certain sense of balance here. Yeah, when absolutely. you say when you say play based learning, can you give us some idea of the kind of things that work well that are effective that educationalists would kind of recommend in teaching practice? So what what are the things they say? That's good. That's good. That's good. Do you know any of those? Yeah. Or well, I think. 
yeah, absolutely. I'm a former infant primary teacher myself. Um, so I think it's really important that I stress that playful learning is never going to replace explicit teaching. There's always going to be a space for explicit teaching. We have to teach certain things through traditional um, lesson formats. However, the, the skills that children are learning, their, their reading and writing skills, their numeracy skills, their, their history and geography, everything has to be contextualized through play. So, you know, many people listening might um, be familiar with the Aster framework that we have now. So that is the framework for early learning and play in the country. And we can, um, you know, plan for, you know, all sorts of different types of play within the classroom right across the day. So the children are using their, you know, their conventional literacy skills as they play. So there might be a little role play area. There could be Play-Doh, there could be sand and water, but it's never just play. There's, you know, the curricular learning is ongoing through that. It's all integrated. Now, there's always a big debate in education about how much, you know, discretion, um, you know, schools or preschools should have, you know, and what they put down. We're not quite as tight as we've been, say, a Leaving Cert or a Junior Cert programme where it's always very prescriptive. But do you think there's a problem where we're just not allocating the time? Obviously, the more play you, you have, the more you push out, at least theoretically, the other thing. So how do you kind of get that balance right? And should there be somebody controlling that and setting down that prescriptively or should just individual preschools be allowed do what they want like how do you how do you correct that problem because if you're doing an hour of play you're not doing an hour of something else well you see that's where we have to be careful there because we actually do have you know curricular hours at the primary end um for you know for each of the subjects but play will be a methodology used to teach a lot of those um you know our topics or our subjects and so on but we have to obviously be careful that the schoolified practices aren't seeping into our preschool years where we have obviously a more flexible more playful more free approach across the day now it's really important to recognize that there is huge learning happening in our preschools, in our crashes, right across the early childhood education sector. But um, it's important that, you know, we don't feel the need to to pressurise our early childhood educators into thinking that, you know, phonics needs to happen down there or the things that we might associate, you know, with more formal literacy practices further down the line. Um, it's important as well to recognise what in, in the, the news report today, obviously, it, it does catch on the things like, you know, children being overprepared for literacy and numeracy. But the, the full report, the, the Children's School Lives report that we were seeing today, it does really celebrate lots of good communication and systems that are already happening between our preschools and our primary schools and our parents. And I think one of the, the biggest things that we, we need to look at is especially post-pandemic, is keeping parents in the loop and bringing parents back into the loop. Because I know myself, as, as the parent of a four-year-old, um, it was very hard dropping my child off at the gate and, and not being able to, to see into his little preschool classroom and, and, you know, experience all the lovely, you know, examples of the learning and the play that's happening. So we've huge work to do there in terms of rebuilding those relationships, but also sharing what learning is like in the contemporary preschool classroom and the contemporary primary classroom, because with a very, you know, our, our, our society is ever changing. We have, you know, more children than ever in, in our schools with, you know, maybe parents from different countries and cultures where you know ideas of what you know an infant classroom looks like might be slightly different sure. and we we often revert back to thinking about what primary school was like when we were there when we were in infants and you know maybe at our desks certain books maybe some people might think back to you know our Tara and Ben reading books or yeah. um, some of those type things and the, the butter tubs with our little flashcards of words but well, well, you know, well if I'm picking you up right it's um 
I think the word balance comes into play here. Absolutely. You, there's nothing here that is not worthy or, or, or has a sort of a, a place in the offering. So I, I think you, you've brought that across in your contribution. But I'm going to have to leave it because I'm just running, as we always tend to be at this time, a little tight on time. So thank you very much, Clara Maria Forentini. She is a lecturer in initial teacher education and literacy at the Marino Institute. And coming up next, it's less than 100 days to the World Cup. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from 4 on News Talk.